You're listening to C3 Church Tugra's podcast. Join us today as we listen to our Sunday service message that will inspire and equip you. We pray that you are blessed and empowered as you listen. So in, in Zechariah 9, 9, there is a prophetic word in Zechariah 9, 9, and it says, your king shall come riding on a young colt and a donkey. Your king shall come, Zechariah 9, 9. He was prophesying, Zechariah, there would come a day when Jesus would not just reveal himself as savior, but he would reveal himself as king, king of kings, lord of lords, and mighty God. And I believe what Jesus is doing right now, and he's riding in on young colts and older donkeys. I'm gonna explain that to you a minute. No one get Eeyore in their laugh. Now someone's gonna laugh, go, Eeyore, yeah. I saw you. He's riding in to proclaim that he is king because that's what he did on Palm Sunday. All up until then, he was saying, don't tell people, don't tell people I healed you. Be careful, don't tell, don't, don't tell the priest, but don't tell people. Don't people. I don't want people to know who I am yet. The demons would scream out at him and he'd say, Shh. Be quiet, demon, don't tell them who I am just yet. Because he knew that as soon as they found out who he was, they would kill him. And he had some work to do for three years first. Is that right? He had three years of work to just lay the foundations of the kingdom of God on the earth. To show the earth that he was, he was a representation of what the Father's heart was. Jesus was a representation of the Father's heart to us. He ain't been with the Father. I've been with my Father and I'm coming down to show you what he's like. He's not separate. He's not distant. He's not judgmental. He's kind and he's good. And he sits with sinners and he, and he walks along the roads and he lay hands on the sick and he saves prostitutes and, and heals demons and oppress people. This is who my father is. And I'm trying to show you who my father is. This is who my father is. So beautiful. And so finally the day comes when he knows, he says goodbye to his mum. Anybody watching The Chosen? Oh, watch it. It's crazy. It's so good. He says goodbye to his mum. Mum, the time has come. This is it. We knew this day would come, Mum. This day would come when this has to happen. You know that once I ride in triumphantly through the gates of Jerusalem, the word's out. That I'm the one that was spoken of in Zechariah 9.9. I'm him. And so to fulfill prophecy, let's look at this. To fulfill prophecy, Jesus says this in Matthew 21.23. He says to his disciples... Note that he says to his disciples, are you a disciple in the house today? Okay, he says to his disciples, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there and her colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them. This is a profound scripture that God wants to unfold to you today. Why did Jesus need a mature donkey and a colt? A colt 
is not a, a, it's not a baby, it's about four years old. But it's never been ridden. Amen. And he was going to ride the older donkey because it was such a long journey. He was going to ride the older donkey up to the place where the older donkey would then transfer to another generation. And he would then dismount the older donkey and he would get on the back of a young colt, the next generation, and ride into the gates of Jerusalem to, pro- to proclaim that he was a king. Ever thought about that? I know. The cult had, had to be a cult that had never been ridden. Why do you think God is touching these young people all over this room, the young people? Why is God touching these young people? Why all of a sudden are things happening with these young people? Why all of a sudden is there a demand right now for fathers and mothers? I mean, just this week I've had three pastors from New York, from Queensland, from other places, out of the blue, contacting me, saying, I can't get you off my mind. I need a spiritual mother. Will you speak into my life? And I'm going, what, me? I live in Wyom. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What good can come out of Wyom? <laughs> but Eeyore... I'll be a donkey because I've been untied. I've been untethered. He's untied me. There's no restriction to the love that he can pour through me because I've been untethered. You get it? You're starting to get where I'm going? Amen. So he said to his disciples untie them he said to his disciples untie them does it sound familiar what he had said to his disciples hey I have anointed you go therefore preach the good news raise the dead set the captives free Bring deliverance, and I'm with you to the very end of the age. He said to his disciples, and now he's saying to his disciples as a picture of this, as a picture of what was then and what is to come. Who knows that he is the first and the last, the beginning, the end. He's all the way through. He's in the middle. He's everywhere. And he's saying, Not only was it a picture in Zechariah, not only is it a picture now as I'm about to enter these gates, but it's a picture of a future time when the king is preparing to come back and he is going to untether generations so that four generations will run together, free of all restraint, free. I don't know about you guys, But when I look around the church, when I look around at beautiful Christian people, that's when I begin weeping. So I just go, why? 
Why, why, why? Jesus died that you would be free. Why are you in this place? Why is he destroying marriages? Why is he destroying the next generation? Why is their families breaking up? Why? Why are people still addicted? Why are people still in bondage? Why are people still oppressed? Why are they anxious? Why, 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 why? I ask the question, why? And it's because we, as his disciples, have not really followed what he told us to do. 2,000 years ago, we're still trying to get it right and just be obedient, just love people the way he loved people. We are a represent, re, re, pre, what do you say? Repress, I got, I'm gone. Thank you. Everybody say it together. Because I can't even still say it. It's like my tongue is gone. It's like I have to speak in tongues, not English. No, no, we are re... No, I can't say it. <laughs> we represent Jesus. He came and we re-represent him. Is that a good one? And so when people see us, because that's what he was saying to his disciples, when, when people see you, they need to see me. Because it's greater things shall you do than I have done. And so what do we do? We build a church. We put walls around it. We put some steeples on it. We told everybody to sit down and be quiet. Some churches told you not even to read the Bible. And don't do anything unless you go through the priest. And all of a sudden, even in within our Pentecostal churches and our spirit-filled churches, suddenly you've got to sit on those pews and be quiet. Just be quiet because the priest does all the work. So wrong. Are we going back to Old Testament when it was only the priest that could go into the Holy of Holies and only the priest could come out and bring forgiveness for the sins of the people and healing and deliverance? Or are we in the New Testament? The new cult, the cult that he rode also represents the new covenant. The new covenant. That was the other sign that he was doing. He got off the old coat, cult, the old donkey, which was a representation of the old covenant. And he got on the young cult that had never been ridden and came in as the new covenant. in this stuff and so he says to his disciples go and untie them and if anybody asks you why you're untying them tell them Jesus needs them oh I don't know Pastor Julie if I believe in deliverance or not well I'm still going to untie people because Jesus needs them Amen. All right, Shane, come on. Come here. Now, I want you to just do this for me. Make sure this is tight, right? Oh, golly gosh, that's tight. All right, stand up here. You look like, yeah, just face the people. Face the people. All right, lift your arms up. And um, all right, hold still, buddy. Just hold still because mm, I don't know if I can fit this tummy in there anyway. Round we go, round we go, round we go. All right, Frank, 
Fran, come and hold this for me because you're a demon right now and you look like one with that black eye. No one punched you. Pauline didn't do it. She didn't do it. She put it on Facebook so that you'd all know that he got flicked with a bit of steel in his eye while he was doing some work. Right, right. Demon, yes. you're a demon. Nasty. Okay. You're nasty. And this is, this is this poor Christian. All right, now, I want you to turn around that way because you're going to try and walk in your Christian life. Off you go. Go. No, go. No, no, there's someone on the pulpit that's saying, come on, get over it, son, and go. No, no, and what's wrong with you? You don't know? You're stuck? Feel like you've got ropes around you? You feel like you're getting pulled back? Someone's holding on to you? No, 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 we don't believe in that. We don't believe in that. Don't tell me that. No, read your Bible, put some scriptures on your feet, and off you go. Come on, stand in faith, young man. What is wrong with these people these days? I don't understand it. What is wrong with you? You give up. Okay, and then you heard, you heard that somewhere Jesus' disciples were coming into town. And Jesus, you've heard that Jesus' disciples did the same things that he did. And here comes one now. And I just do this. Oh, goodbye. And come on. Come on. Come on, darling. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. It's that easy. But the enemy, go away. The enemy doesn't want us to know that. Because why? Because he wants to keep us in bondage. He wants it. And you know, that rope may be demonic. It may be pain, trauma, childhood stuff. It may be addiction. It may be sin. But whatever it is, it's tying you up. Amen. Are there ropes holding you back? There's some questions. Are there ropes that keep you stuck? My screen's going up. I made those all by myself. <laughs> Listen to this statement, and this is by anybody know Pete Chirazzo. He's emotionally healthy church, emotionally healthy, amazing man, trying to bring emotional health back to the church. I'm puffed out. You puffed me out, Shane. You know how old I am? Takes a bit of effort, you know. I'm young. I'm young. Deb, come here. Look at us. See, we're the, we're the holy mothers today. Look at us. We're young. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to deliver people. Amen. We're going to set people free, aren't we? Yeah. Anyway, it has been rightly, it's rightly been said, this is what Peter Shirazzo says, and he does statistics all the time, that 85% of people in our churches are spiritually stuck. What makes it even more serious is that many of them think their stuckness is normal. So sad. So sad. Anyway, I could talk on that and I won't. John. John, come, John. 
I'm not usually this crazy, am I, John? I've just got to, I just feel a little crazy today. And um, is that all right? Are you nervous? No. But you usually are nervous. Yep. Yep, a little over two months ago, if uh, I was asked to do this, there would have been no response. But a little over two months ago, Jesus came with a sword of the Spirit and killed the old man. And he put a new self in me. And I can stand up here now in front of everyone, look people in the eye and tell him, Jesus is real. And his Holy Spirit is real. Come on. And he's come to deliver us. Even believers who are stuck. That illustration of Shane, that was me for 26 years. I've been sitting in church. Sitting, standing like this. Every day, every day during worship. Just my hands in front of me. Never. I came in to spectate, to watch everyone. Never understanding what it was. Never understanding what it was about. But now, when I come in, I don't spectate. I'm part of the game. To his glory. He's the one that did it. I tried to change myself for 26 years. I was doing it. And he came in an instant. And I can't go back. <laughs> so now during worship, I worship. And I know who I'm worshipping. And he's the only king of heaven and earth. The only God. All else is nonsense. That's it. Glory to him. So, it was only a little while ago, like two months ago maybe... Maybe two, months. Uh, two months ago. I mean, I like you've been in our church for a while, as you said. Five you, years. Yeah, five years here and 26 years as a Christian. And I would watch John walk in the back door of church. He would always sit as far back as he could get. And you could tell that his wife had dragged him here. And, um, you know, he was coming for the sake of the family, which is honourable, right? But he would stand at the back and he always had a hunchback and he always had his head down. This is how he walked like this. And you'd say hello to him and hi. And as soon as the service was finished, he was gone. He didn't want to talk to anyone. He, he thought he had nothing to say, nothing was worth saying. He just was a shell of a man, really. And then I, I, I watched him over the time. And you know when the Holy Spirit goes, it's time, it's time. And I was just walking through the back of the church at the end of the service. And I just put my hand on his shoulder I said, and I didn't even know what I was going to say. This is when it's, you know, it's Jesus. There's no, you don't think about it. You just put your hand on someone's shoulder, all of a sudden Jesus speaks to him. And I said to him, John, something happened to you when you were a boy. There were some words were spoken by your father that shut you down. And you've been shut ever since. And he just looked at me with like these wide eyes, like, how do you know that? Because a prophet five years before had said exactly the same words to him word for word that I didn't know and he just ran away as he does and I thought okay well that didn't do much good then I was getting these messages from his wife John was really moved a prophet said to him five years before and I think God's really speaking to him and I said well God has to speak to John not through his wife do you know what I mean and I'm not going to chase him because it's, this is Jesus. 
Because we're not running after men or people. We're, we're running after Jesus. You know what I mean? And then, I, and, then, and then John's in church and, how you going, John? You, you know, he said, you know that thing you said to me? There's another person said that five years ago. I said, do you think God's doing something? Do you think God's putting his finger on something? And he said, yeah. He said, would you like some help with that? He said, let's do it. Didn't you? Yep. And he's like this, let's do it. <laughs> like, well, that's so encouraging. Anyway, he came for prayer. And when he came in, he was like this. And I said, come on, let's just worship before we pray. And he couldn't worship. He just stood there, couldn't worship. And I said, just sit there and we'll just see where Jesus wants to go. Because it's nothing about us, right? This is Jesus taking people on a journey. And the next minute, he's in a room in his mind. So I'm in this room. And I'm about eight years old. And my dad is screaming at me. And he's saying to me, you're useless. You're useless. Now, his dad was in the war. And, you know, lots of dads do stuff like that every now and again, hey? But this particular thing went into him so deeply. And so I said to him, John, where is Jesus in the room? Because we know that we know this. We know that that Jesus never leaves us or forsakes us. He's always there. Even before you knew him, he was always there. So I said, just have a look around the room, John, and see where Jesus is. And he goes, I can't see him. I said, well, just have a closer look because I know he's there. He said, no, he's outside looking in the window. And that's how he felt in his heart that Jesus was looking at him from outside, but he never came in. Right? Is that right, John? Yeah. 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 He was always on the outer. Always on the outer. And so I said, no, John, we're going to ask Jesus where he really was on that day, not where you perceived him to be. And the next minute he just starts to cry. I said, what's happening? He said, Jesus is standing right in front of me. And my father's words are going into Jesus' back. He's absorbing every word. And then he's absorbing me into the front of him. It was just, I don't even know if you remember that, but there was just, we were crying our eyes out. We were just lost. We were trashed. Like, this was so beautiful. Just it's so beautiful to watch the journey that Jesus takes people on. We think that de- deliverance is like, come out, you devil, come out, you devil. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Jesus, you know, sometimes we have to call things out. And, but, but there's a healing journey. There's a space where Jesus wants to bring his love. It's his love. It's his love that sets us free. It's his love. And so I just said, okay, well, there's some lies that were put in there when your father was yelling at you. Or there's a lie, and that's what holds you bound. And Jesus is going to tell you what the lie is. Do you remember what the lie? There was three, wasn't there? Yeah, you'll never say anything. You'll never do anything. You'll never be anything. And that's how I lived all my life. Yeah. But in the last two months... But what did... (laughs) Praise him. So I said to him, okay, we need to replace the lie with the truth. Do you know that Jesus is the truth? Right. Right? So I could say to him, oh, don't be silly, John. You can't think like that. Of course you've got something to say. Of course you're somebody. I could say that, but that's not the truth. He needs to hear the truth from the truth person who's Jesus. 
because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So I said, what is Jesus saying? What is the truth to those three lies? I'll never say anything. I'll never do anything. I'll never be anything. And what did Jesus say? You can do all things through him. Is that gone, that mic? Just put it back up. One, two, one. Yep, there it is. You can do all things through him. Just leave it on. Leave the mic on. Who strengthens me. I can do, I can do all, all things, things through him. Through Christ who strengthens me. And bang, the lie is gone. And that's why I'm up here today, because I wasn't up here any time <laughs> before. That. He can do it through me. And look, we had some prayer, and there was a couple of invaders in there, but that's not the issue. You know, when you're healing a wound, sometimes you just get the splinter out, right? You just take this, you just pop the splinter out. I mean, that's not the issue. The issue isn't the demonic spirits or the splinters. The issue is the healing of the human heart and the restoration of the lies that have been believed, you know? So beautiful. And so then, then, this is a really important part, before you jump ahead again, he gets so excited, he's so excited. He's sending me messages, he's sending me songs. This is my, I've never listened to holy music before, he said, and this is my favourite holy song right now. It's so beautiful. But listen, so then you're sitting there and I said, I just want to see what Jesus does now. What is he going to do right now with you? And he was probably sitting there with his head down like this and his shoulders hunched for a good five minutes. And Jesus kept saying to me, don't touch it, don't say anything, don't let me. And all of a sudden, you saw him, his head came up, his chin came up, the glory came on his face, tears rolling down his face, his shoulders came back. Tell me what happened at that moment. During that time, yeah. when my head was down, he must have done it because I just slowly felt myself looking up to him. I spent most of my life looking down. Which is why now when I worship, I'm up there looking at him. And while I'm sitting in this chair and Julie's praying for me, Julie and Katrina Katrina and Frank. Frank was there. Frank, Frank. Frank, um, Can testify to this. I felt like what felt like a hundred amps of current running through my arms and then slowly went through my body and legs and I was just like this. And if I was standing, I would have fallen over. I've never felt anything like that in 26 years I've been in church. Never, yeah. never heard of a ministry like that. Every time this sister comes next to me to pray for me, <laughs> the drunk. tears start rolling. I've spent the last week weeping, just listening to music and worshipping God yeah. in the car or at home. And songs that I never listened to and now my um, whatever your app is whatever is just filled with Christian artists where it was filled with worldly bands yeah. then a week I've turned the whole thing over and there's no bands on there anymore it's yeah. all Christian artists and I've just been listening to that driving from work from dropping kids off just crying breaking down worshipping him and the songs every word of the song just came alive I read the New Testament now and it just comes alive. I can understand what it's saying, whereas in the past I was just reading it. Just read the words like a book, thinking that's for them, that's for someone else. 
just like I used to stand here and listen to the preachers thinking that's not me I pray to God and say this I don't belong here yeah. I'm not part of this mm. and I see my wife my beautiful wife arms raised glorifying Jesus worshipping him and I think I'm less, less than, less than. But now I'm, no, I'm not less than. Come on. Because he's come to me, <laughs> changed my heart, given me a new self, killed the old man, which is what I tried to do for 26 years. Wow. I couldn't do it. And in one instant, he did it. Sit. And just in this last week, I've seen small miracles. My daughter got baptised and I never told her to. She decided to. And our eldest son, who's difficult at times, but that's him. I've learnt to know that. It's, that's him. That's who he is. You're going to love him, aren't you? I love him already. Yeah, yeah. As you said, God's made him. Yeah. Yes, that's how God God's made him. Healing. Yeah. And wherever he's sitting, even if it's outside, God's got you. Yeah. <laughs> so good, John. Let's give him a clap. Bless him, Lord. You know, it was beautiful because he said in that session, he said, Jesus put his finger under my chin and he lifted my chin up. And I looked into Jesus' eyes and they're the first eyes I've ever looked into. I've never even looked into my own wife's eyes. And now they're falling in love and it's all happening in their home and it's so cute. <laughs> Isn't it Sharon? Woo! Oh, what time is it? Shivers. Who cares? I'm asking these questions now. Have you accepted the lie, agreed with the argument that being stuck is normal and there's no way out? And I had some friends last week share, and I'm going to ask them to come again, Kobe and Lawrence. They had agreed with the lie that um, they were stuck and there was no way out, even though they were searching for a way out. Is that right, guys? Aren't they gorgeous? I'm going to give you that one. Put on. Wait. On. 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 Okay. All right. All right. What a journey you guys have been on. Oh, man. And even just week from last week to this week, it felt, it's been feeling like a year. We need to do church every day. It's oh. like too long. Seriously. <laughs> we need bigger teams, you know, like let's just do it. Anyway, go. Um, so, what do you want me to say? <laughs> well, when we first met, and yep. we'll just give a quick recap for people that weren't here last week. Yep. Of when we first met, you came here really looking for help, hey? Yep, so just a quick recap. Um, I did a, a quite a, maybe a longer test. Oh, I can feel the Holy Spirit already. Here I go again. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> At the end of last week, I, when I finished, I was on the floor. Um, so, just a quick one. Uh, walked into the church I think it was about three weeks ago and that's where I got my deliverance been searching I had done everything um I mean a bit of a background I was put in an orphanage when I was a baby um which I'd only found out recently in recent years um trauma sexual abuse as a child lots of things and I um never grew up in the church grew up as a Christian lived a pretty good Christian life um tried my best and then 
when these things sort of hit me later on in life, I tried everything I could to um, help myself. Like I out-podcast myself, I rich-rolled, I, I could have a PhD in psychotherapy, I could t honestly. Um, I went to, I started to drink quite a lot of alcohol, which was my way of coping with everything. So then I sent myself off to AA meetings. Oh, here we go. Just, uh, so, you know, sort of um, everything like that. And I, I just couldn't find answers. I was in church, I was going to church, I was getting prayer at church. Um, just couldn't really get my answer. I was reaching out to God myself every day. I, I didn't let it go. I was still praying, but it was diminishing a little bit. Um, and then came in here and, yeah, I got delivered. Um, exactly like that little illustration you guys saw. Um, I did have the demon that was like, cast you out type thing demon and uh, I had abdominals that was I didn't tell you this I had abdominals that were sore for about four days after that thing came out of me it was um, very for me it was very physical I couldn't believe it I was taught that Christians couldn't have let's just say evil spirits and um, so you know I had quite a physical deliverance at, yeah yeah. And we explained last week, and I always explain that we're three-part beings, body, soul, and spirit. Our spirits are perfect when we're born again, but we all know that we have an old man, a soul realm yeah. that needs redemption, needs sanctification. It's in that space that these things can sit, and they may not, you can still worship God in spirit and truth because you're worshiping out of your spirit, but then these things like that rope just pull you back and stop you from going forward. Yeah, and so as soon as that thing came off me, um, it was like a, you know, I said last week, it was just like a massive garbage bag went off. My whole life since then has been changed. And coming up to testify last week, I, I even got more freedom. Like, I didn't know I was going to testify last week. Julie gave me five minutes notice and up I was here doing it. And honestly, the freedom I've had since then, and it's like, let the redeemed of Psalm 107 too. Yeah. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, say so, so, right? And when I said so, I promise you now, all this freedom came into my life even more. So it was just like it was gone. And then in the physical, this week I had appointments, right? So I had, you know, all my, you know, this all happens, but I also have my psychology. I had my drug and alcohol meetings at Wyong Hospital, all these things. And I'm like, oh, I just cancel them all. I, hang on, I'm going because let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so I walked into my psychology meeting and, you know, I sat down and she's like, oh, hi, Kobe, how's she looking? She's looking at me and she's like, oh, you look pretty good. And I'm like, are you a Christian or do you believe in the Bible? And she's like, no. And I said, okay, my story can't change anyway, so I'm going to say it as it is. And I told her my whole deliverance story. She had tears in her eyes. Look, I don't know what she thought of it. It doesn't matter what she thought of it. <laughs> I have to say it. It's my testimony and yeah. I have to testify. And that's it. Right? So it's about making Jesus famous. So we have to make Jesus famous. That's what our job is. It's not about us anymore. So, I mean, I'm just so excited. Like, anyway, so is that what you want me to say? Well, this, well, this demon actually tried to kill you, right? Yeah, so this demon, yeah, so, yeah, it did. It did. It tried to kill you. Yeah. Very close. Yeah. Very close. Yeah. But thank you, God. Yeah. And all the kids say amen. Amen. Yeah. All the kids say amen. They've still got their mummy. Yeah. You've still got your wife. She even went through a time where she couldn't even look at you and feel like she didn't love you anymore, she told me. Now, her eyes have been opened. She's fallen in love with her hubby. Got she got your wife back. Got my wife back. Yeah. Woo! I thank you for being a faithful husband. Yeah. 
and the kids, you know, for standing with her because it's, it's, a, it's a terrible thing to be trapped in trauma. Trauma is a horrible thing. It's awful. And it does start to come up as we get older. And, you know, and God wants to heal that trauma and he wants to deliver us and set us free. Yeah. Because I tell you what, this woman's going to be a little preacher, you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. I reckon. Now, Lawrence, tell me some things have happened for you as well. Like, yeah. Uh, they, they absolutely have. Um, for me, I mean, I was on the, the husband, uh, father side of seven years of, of torment. L. Yeah, but I'm saying that now with a smile. Um, look, just starting from this morning, just sitting there um, behind uh, Charlie's family. Mutley. Yeah, Mutley. Mutley. <laughs> when you're laughing your head off, I was just thinking, I just haven't had a good laugh uh, for a long time. And then I just started, I just think it's so funny. And then I just started laughing and I could just sense God so powerfully on me and I just received that. So thanks for laughing like Mutley. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I look at you all, what I really want everyone to know is that what I really saw was just the impossible, you know, and I see a common, this is a common thing with uh, families out there uh, in church and out of church, and I was one of them. And, you know, for seven years, it's the kind of thing, it's so gripping and so awful that I couldn't tell anyone because I told, I should say, I told a couple of people. I told Tanya's husband, who was a policeman, because I needed him several times. But it was so bad and so traumatic, I couldn't reach out to anyone. And I didn't think anyone would be able to help. So I'd come into church and remember once I was in church and everyone was look so happy, so joyful, and the pain I felt was so, so lonely. And the reason why I'm saying this is that there are people out there, I don't know if you're here now, but there's people out there, there's people in church and out of church that you're on the other side of trauma and you're suffering um, just as much. And, and over years you think that this thing can't be fixed. And you read the Bible you read about the big miracles, the water parting, and amazing things like that, and you look at what's happening, and it starts to challenge you. You think, I'm getting desperate. I'm getting desperate. I'm, I'm just hanging on. <laughs> you see the impact on your family, your friends. You start to see your wife being lost, getting further away from, from herself, disconnected to herself, from her children, from me. We're losing her. We're losing her. And it's, it's, it's awful, <laughs> I'm telling you. But I'm saying it with a smile, don't get me wrong. Um, so what I'm trying to get to is that, you know, with these people that have mental health issues, um, you know, they, they're, they're on medication, heavy medication. Um, you know, they're, they're going to these meetings uh, for life. AA or uh, other ones they need to be there for life to keep talking about their grief to keep talking to people that are going through it because they're the only ones that can understand and they're still doing that and some of them struggle, some of them fall back some of them go forward so Lawrence was going to an Al-Anon meeting Sorry, which is too much. 
No, that, it was I'm just, I'm just explaining where he's... So he was at an Al-Anon meeting. So Al-Anon is for partners of people with addiction. So I had the addiction. And so I sent, I sent my kids to the meeting. So I sent my husband to the meeting. I, sent, I did everything. So he was at the meeting. So he's talking about the meeting that he was in, the yeah, Al-Anon. So for, for, yeah, for support. Um, I didn't know this Al-Anon thing existed, but I was getting pretty desperate to get any help, whatever I could get it. You know, reading the Bible, praying, and things were going on all the time in cycles. And uh, so I went, went there because that's what they're there for, the, to help the family and friends sure. of people on alcohol addiction. And, um, yeah, first few times I went there, oh, I was crying my eyes out. Macy went with me, just telling the story of what was happening. And it, it, in some ways it was good because I was getting it off my chest. But as I kept going, these, these people, you know, they're, they're talking about generations of problems. Like, yeah, my, my father, my mother, and then Come me. On. And then, yeah, I stopped, but then my child. So I was thinking, wow, this is, this is serious stuff that's going on. Yeah. Anyway, so then Kobe was miraculously set free. Like, this, what, what I mean miraculously is that it was real. Like, mm. it wasn't just coming in, having a clap, coming home, I'm happy now, I'm changed. It was complete <laughs> switch yeah. from one to the other. Thank yeah. Jesus, yeah. And um, people struggle for a lifetime with these things. You know, that for a lifetime they even die not being healed from these things. And you're right, generationally. Like yeah, there's things yeah. that are generationally there that we don't even know why we're doing these things or feeling these things, but it's in our generation, it's in the bloodline. Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. And, and so at, at Anon, you went to Anon and, and yes, the so, last so, so, time... Sorry, at Al-Anon, so something else has happened, is yeah. God's just staring at me, it's your fault, you prayed for me. Yeah. And you said, don't damn it up, let the rivers flow, and I realised that, I've been damning up God for a long time, right. and I just... I'm bubbling away, like I'm waking up in the middle of the night in the morning just thinking about God. And, and Al-Anon, what happened? Uh, sorry, Al-Anon. <laughs> 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 so I went to Al-Anon and uh, they have these steps um, that are kind of uh, based upon um, how to deal with it. Yeah. And often God is referred to in these steps. Whatever God but it's, is to Yeah, you. whatever God is to them. Yeah, yeah. So, and they take turns sharing yeah. and I thought, okay, it's going to be my turn. I'm going to share what's happened because there's a solution. Um... So, so I, I did share, I talked about the Kobe's experience and delivery, and, um, and I said, you know, I said, look, the God that's up there on that thing, this is the God, he can do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can take terrible. as many tablets, but, and it's, it's hard, you can take as many tablets, you can go see as many doctors, as many psychiatrists, psychologists, but God is the one that's going to heal, Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome. Aren't they beautiful? Oh, my gosh. We're nearly there. But don't you think it's powerful? Like, isn't this preaching? You know, instead of sitting on your rusty dusty, get up here and tell us what's going on in your life. Do you know what I mean? Hey? So, do you feel there's no hope left? Do you hear the whisper that too much time has been lost? It's too late. You know, I've just, there's too much gone on. It'll never be fixed. Do your thoughts overwhelm you? Have you prayed for help? There's good news. There's really good news. And the good news is this. God has heard the cries of his people. He's heard the cries of his people.
Amen. And he is in the business of untying donkeys, breaking people free from that which holds you back. He did it for me. He did it, can do it for you. And look, I just want to make a, 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 you know, a bit of a housekeeping thing here. If you are on medication, don't stop. Do that really wisely. Just be wise. Sometimes you need medication. Some people need it. You know what I mean? Um, so just be wise about that. But he can do it for you. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. Amen? So their daughter, Macy, came to see me. We didn't, like, we didn't have prayer ministry. We just chatted, didn't we? Come on, Macy, come up here, Amy. This is Macy. Hi. Macy's pretty awesome. I fell in love with her the first time she walked through the door. It was instant love at first sight. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was pounding in my chest. And that happens to me a lot, you know. And so we had a chat, right? And we just talked about, you know, stuff and what you've been through as a family and it's been tough on you. You kind of were, you know, playing the mum role a bit and wanting to protect your mum, which you do, don't you? But all the time I'm saying to her, look, you know, there's so much on your life and this thing has come not to just destroy one generation, get the young cults. Huh? And to get these young cults and to and to destroy their innocence. And God wants to keep their innocence. God wants to because this generation, you young people, drop your hand if you're under under 18 or 18, 20. Look at them. Look at them. These young people, that's you right at the back up there too, Chloe. I'm talking to you, you know that. These young people have got something on them. And it's up to us old coats, colts, us old donkeys to get untethered so that the next generation don't have to carry our crap. Sorry. And so we got in just in time, I think. I think we got in just in time. So she's talking to me and I'm prophesying over her and I'm telling her she's got a voice for young people. I'm telling her there's an anointing on her life. I said to her, I said to Macy, what do you want to do with your life? She said, I don't know. I just want to serve Jesus with everything I've got. I may not even get married. It's just all about him. I'm going, oh, come to me, gorgeous child. Um, let's do this together. Amen. And, um, and she said, look, I've got a bit of a problem. Um, I'm, I've been asked at my school, and we won't mention the school, I've been asked at my school to share a testimony tomorrow, but I've been getting bullied at school and I've been getting persecuted because I've been standing up for what is right as a Christian and getting bullied for that by other Christians, maybe, um, which is really sad. This whole wokeism thing is ridiculous, by the way. And we've got young people that are standing up for what is right. And I love that. I love the purity of their hearts. And so she said, look, they want me to share a testimony in school tomorrow. And I don't really want to do it, I don't think, because, you know, I don't want to be picked on anymore. I just want to put myself out there right now. And I said, Macy, you're going to do it. Because I feel God all over this thing. 
God is all over this thing. And I'm telling you, if you shut that thing down now, the devil won. He won. He, he got to your family and he got to you and he shut you down and that he won. You're not shutting this thing down. I'm going to pray for you. And I sort of gave her a little map on how to do her testimony without saying too much. You know, basically just saying, you know, I was a nominal kind of Sunday Christian. Some trials happened in, in our world and uh, you can tell the rest. So instead of turning to self-pity, I turned to something else. So you can, yeah. you can tell us the rest and what happened. Yeah, so um, I didn't really know what to do with my testimony. So I just, just spoke what I had. I just talked about how a lot of my life um, I lived half-heartedly for God wasn't all in. Um, then I went through some trials and tribulations and talked about um, that. And I also, how that changed me and how there's a difference between being a Christian and a believer. And I kind of just told the school that. And I feel like it's something they probably don't hear that often. Like, I I don't think I've ever heard it in a school really. Because usually at chapel, yeah. you get mocked. And yeah, people it's just a, sit if there. you've ever been to a school it's a chapel, it's school, a tough but, crowd. You know, yeah. Christian yeah. school, but tough crowd. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just just a quick little testimony. It was mo- mostly based off, like, James, you know, that kind of vibe. And um, when that, when I finish, um, and what I'm about to tell you, it's not, I'm not telling you because I did my testimony and it's happened. No, it's because I feel like the Holy Spirit is moving right now and he's starting to move on the young generation. And it's coming, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it, God's moving now. He's not silent. But um, pretty much I finished and the girl who was leading worship um, just um, said, oh, you can all stay seated. We'll finish with a song. We're just going to do Reckless Love. And we're all just sitting down singing and this little girl at the front stood up and she just um, started singing and this guy in the middle stood up. Just, I've never seen these kids before. They're, just, they, they're not kids I know in the playground that are all cool. I've never seen them before. Um, then these other kids in the back started standing up. They weren't with groups. They're all one individual, one by one, one by one. Then a few moments later, like most of the school was um, standing up, a few seated down, but most of the school was standing up and it was really good. Like, I was crying the whole time because I was like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> it's a school. Usually they're like doing something funny. But anyway, um, the lunch bell rang and um, usually everyone would just run out, but half the school, well, probably the core of the school just stayed back. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. What's going on? Um, and we just, everyone was just there praising that. I could tell everyone was a bit like, um, a bit held back. They didn't like. They weren't completely raising their hands. They were like, they were just curious on what was going on. They were curious, and I feel like because you, um, Pastor Joel and Pastor Phil, have so much anointing with the Holy Spirit, they kind of just you kind of put that under my wing. And I feel like when I say, I kind of just like laid it on. And I felt the heaviness of it, and I'm just curious, like, what is this? Like, what's going on? Um, anyway, we ended up me and. <laughs> Some of those girls over there, um, those three girls in the second row, there, we started praying for these girls. Keep in mind, all the, te- all the teachers left, pretty much all of them, except for like one. So it was us girls praying for all these kids. And some of them, they just, some of them were just crying. Some of them were on their knees on the back. And this one girl that I came up to, she just, she looked, she was like, like in a position like this, crying. And I came up to her and I was like, I can see you're struggling. Like, do you know Jesus? She was like, no. <laughs> And I'm like, do you want to know Jesus? And she was like, yes. She was like, she was like, kept saying yes. Like, she really wants to know God. Like, who's this guy? Like, and um, yeah, it was amazing. And she ended up giving her life to God. And me and these girls are going to be following up with some of these kids in the following weeks, teaching them how to read their Bible because they don't know. No one's taught them what to do. 
they're starting off at Genesis and Leviticus and they're like, what's going on? Do I need to go sacrifice a sheep? Like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> so they don't know. And I, I just think like, I, something that's really sticking with me is that, like me and these girls, like, like, I don't know. I just felt really amazing that God was actually starting to work through us to these kids and they were like, God was really there. And what was actually funny as well is a couple of moments before it even happened, me and Annalise said to each other, we're like, I'm really upset that God's not present in our school. Like, he's not here. We're a Christian school and he's not here. And then this happened and it was amazing. Yeah, so God's starting to move. This is happening. Stay here with me, Maisie. Stay here. Stay here with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 10, 27 says this, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen? It's the anointing. You know what Jesus Christ means? Jesus Christ means the anointed one. The anointed one has come. Look at this in Isaiah 61. I'm going to get you to help me pray for young people. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Is he on you? Put your hand up. Yep, he is. There he is right there. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Is he on you? Yeah, put your hand up. High five yourself. Yeah. He's on me. Go like this. He's on me. He's on me. It's 1129 and we're still in church. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Hallelujah. Say me. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Huh? Why? Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Hallelujah. And the day of vengeance. Whoa! Of our God. God is coming to fight for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Enough is enough. He's heard the cry of his people. Hallelujah. He's going to get us so free, Macy, that we're going to carry a glory realm. We're going to carry a glory realm. You're going to walk in realms you never dreamed possible. Amen. And it's going to be us. It's going to be us, not the one-man show and the freak show, whatever it is, some show we decided to put on and say it was Jesus. It's about us. We are going to carry something. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at it again. And it says, on the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. Zion is the church. To bestow on them a crown of beauty. That I think you look so beautiful, Kobe. So beautiful, doesn't she? A crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise, John, instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Whoa! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. A new breed of believers are arising. They are awakening to truth. They are choosing freedom and they are choosing and walking in encounter. Let's stand to our feet right across this room. 
Right now, I just want to pray for all the young people. Anybody who wants to...